How have you gone with COVID? How's this year gone for you? No, no really, how, how have you gone? I, I've found personally this year to be really difficult. I'm a people person. I love to be around people. I finished up at my previous church on the last Sunday week of worship. And then suddenly 80% of my social circle went whoop as, as I finished with that church. COVID has been difficult. I'm sure in different ways each of you have found it to be a difficult time. Challenging personally, emotionally, relationally. The narrative we've sat under was really one of control and fear, uncertainty and powerlessness. You see, what's the point of power if you don't have the ability to get what you want when you want? See, power is all about getting what you want when you want and we're powerless when we can't get what we want when we want it. Power is powerless when you can't get what you want and you're told you can't go to the shops again. You've been your once for today. We've lived in a really entitled society for many years. I've grown up in an entitled society where you could get what you want when you wanted it, as soon as you wanted it, right now. The 24-hour shops, you can buy what you want when you want it and you're shocked if the shops are closed. How dare they? How dare they be closed when you want something? Now we're told, wait, you don't have power. You're not in control. As much as you had a plan for 2020, <laughs> uh, that plan's gone. Waiting is the cure for entitlement. Waiting is the cure for thinking that we deserve what we want. But in what or who do we put our hope to get what we hope for? Now I'm not going to compare our, our premier with Herod. <laughs> but COVID gave us a picture of what it might look like to live under Pax Romana, Roman rule. It gave us a picture of what it might look like to live under a more controlling society. Herod the Great was appointed by Caesar Augustus and he was appointed to enforce Pax Romana, Roman peace throughout the land. Now, Herod was called Herod the Great because he was a great military leader. He was a great political leader. He played different people in order to get in the position he was at. He changed sides and managed to, managed to convince this Caesar Augustus that he was a trustworthy person, even though he backed the other player until he came. Herod the Great was the ruler in the region that Jesus was born into. Herod was titled this, uh, part of a self-title, but also a title given to him. And he also titled himself King of the Jews. He would have called himself uh, the coming Davidic Messiah, the one that they were expecting. He called himself a, a great king. They, they would have seen him as probably a Gentile convert at best because to the people that worshipped other gods, he worshipped them also. See, he was a political player. And he was great in the way that he played the field and pleased the people. Look at the temple that he built uh, for them. Uh, you see in this picture, you see the temple that Solomon, one of the wisest people that's ever lived on this earth, that's the one on the left that he built. 
Herod's temple. Look at that. <laughs> See, Solomon built his temple according to the biblical specifications. You can read them in the Old Testament. Herod doubled, tripled, made it even more magnificent than what was seen in Solomon's time. And that was a great temple. People would come and celebrate all that had happened. Herod saw himself as the, the great one, the one that could deliver this Jewish people what they were hoping for. But he was never fully accepted. He was accepted amongst those who loved and benefited from his political power. Maybe the socially elite, the upwardly mobile. He was loved by them, but for the Jewish leaders, he wasn't loved because they could see him playing the field. Herod himself saw himself as the prophesied Messiah. So when he heard this talk from wise men, from shepherds, saying, a Messiah is coming, we're looking at a star, he was threatened. And the story of Herod was, well, when he was threatened by someone, he, he knocked them off. <laughs> he knocked off a mother-in-law, he knocked off three wives, uh, a few sons, and he, he brought up uh, sons that did the same with their children. See, the way it worked in his time is if you didn't follow the way that he was pushing things, he got rid of you. He was driven by fear of conspiracy that his very wife was plotting something against him. He cut her off. Some people liked him. Many didn't. But many people prospered under his rule. Many people, business went well and he tried to please people he, he gave leniency towards people to build loyalty with people for many jewish people he was the hope for their nation this man what he could deliver he was the hope where's our hope what is your hope in this christmas as we gather here tonight where where is your hope herod looked to his political power as the vehicle to deliver him uh, the, and to deliver to the people the future that he hoped for them. His hope was for more power, more fame. It's, it's said that even as he was dying, he, he said, I'm not sure people will mourn enough for me, particularly the Jewish people, to kill off a bunch of their leaders. At least they'll be mourning on my deathbed, even if it's not for me. He was vain. He wanted more power, more love. His hope was in political power. So where's your hope? What's the vehicle for delivering your hope? Maybe COVID's dominated your thoughts in your life this year like all of us. Maybe your hope is that the vaccine will come and then life can get back to normal. The vaccine's the vehicle for delivering normal life. Maybe... Uh, you're hoping for a holiday, for health, just to be able to get connected to family again. Maybe it's a new job. Maybe it's a sense of feeling of, of rest or peace. What are you hoping for? What is the vehicle that's going to deliver your hope? 2020 has shown us the best laid plans for what we could do in life don't always work out. As much as we could plan a holiday, plan a work project. There's only so much we can control and we've found out this year it's not as much as we thought. What's your outcome? What are you hoping for? What's the vehicle? How are you going to get it? 
Is it wishful thinking? I really wish life was going to be better. But what's the vehicle that's going to deliver this hope to you? Is your hope in something certain? Maybe your hope is in someone certain. It's said in the reading that we heard tonight, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people. So as Christians, we look to a ruler who is to shepherd us as God's people. What's the difference between a political leader and a shepherd? Well, a political leader looks to create political outcomes, looks to win the hearts of the majority, looks to silence the loudest voices and to please the loudest voices. A political leader wants to be successful, wants their party to be successful, desires uh, to win over those that are not convinced, desires to keep those that are already convinced on their side. By very nature, a political leader is oppositional. There's someone that's wanting to steal their throne and so they have to fight hard to keep it and to win the approval of people. At one level, the political leader is seeking to be loved rather than seeking to love people. The Bible uh, talks about uh, law and that law is designed that things will go well for people. So the Old Testament gives us this outline of law that it's structured so that people will live a life of blessing relationally with each other and relationally with God. That's the purpose of law. Well, a political leader uses law in order to create the outcome that they think is best for the people. And that works until maybe you're in the minority. The problem with law is we often think more about doing the right thing than loving people. I'm sure all of you have experienced that sense of, am I going to be wearing a mask? Do I have to? Is this shop a mask-wearing shop or is this shop not a a mask-wearing shop? And I was uh, in a shop just this week and and I said, do you want me to wear a mask? And, And the girl couldn't quite come with an answer to that question. And we want to do the right thing. I I was wanting to do the right thing. And law builds and connects people that want to do the right thing, but it doesn't necessarily connect with people's hearts. It's not, I want to love other people. I, I just want to do the right thing and I want to be seen to be doing the right thing. And when I'm not being seen, I can do whatever I want, but I want to be seen to be doing the right thing. Law makes us really task focused rather than people focused. But a shepherd, a shepherd comes and he cares for his sheep. This is the the picture that's presented in the Bible. A shepherd that knows them, knows them by name, loves them. Do you know in real life, shepherds can call sheep by name and they respond. They, They know the shepherd's voice in real life. And so this real life picture is a picture for us that we're called to know the shepherd's voice and it's a wooing a beckoning and that's what god does with us rather than constricting and confining us to keep the law do you think you're doing the right thing it's come follow the gentle love of a shepherd leading sheep to greener pastures he walks with them not separate for them together jesus as a shepherd wants to walk with us. Now, 2021, 
whether the outcome is good, whether the outcome's bad, whether there's an outbreak, whether there's not an outbreak. Jesus wants to walk with us as a good shepherd, not one that is beating us with a crook to get us in line, but one that is leading us and wooing us and bringing us to greener pastures. As a good shepherd, he offers us peace, joy, hope, love, no matter the circumstances. He offers us a confidence that even in the worst of circumstances, he can work them for good. He's infinitely able to work through bad situations for our good. He's more powerful than politicians propped up by votes. He's the creator, the one that is able to lead us. And so when you're questioning the future, what do I even hope for? What should I even have a vision for? He's the one that will lead you on as a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Sometimes you have that light and you can see clearly where you're going. And he's that light to your path. Sometimes he just gives you the next step and he's a lamp to your feet. But you can trust that with him, the light never goes out. He wants to walk with you. So this Christmas, can you say, the Lord is my shepherd? Maybe you've never really known him as a shepherd. Maybe you've known uh, the tender care. Well, I wonder, will you, will you say this Christmas, the Lord is my shepherd? Maybe you'll say the Lord is my shepherd for the first time. I, I want to give a moment to just uh, think and reflect as the music team come up and I'm going to pray for us uh, as the music team uh, come and we're going li- to sing together while shepherds watch their flocks by night Jesus you know where each of us are at uh, we thank you for holy moments like tonight that we can gather, that we can seek hope. Lord, we confess at times we don't even know what to put hope in. And you come and offer us the opportunity to put our hope in you and the future you've prepared. Forgive us for, for where we've looked to other things, other realities, other promises to deliver us hope for the future. Jesus, we come to you whether for the first time or the 40th or 50th time and and we look to you as the good shepherd that is able to lead us on. As sheep, we, we know that we stray. But as the good shepherd, we know that your love beckons us on to the narrow path of following you. Continue to woo our hearts, Lord. Build confidence in our faith. Grow faith. Plant faith where it hasn't existed before. Lead us into a hopeful, bright future with you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.